0: Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Alrighty, let's keep going. We want to welcome those online, those who are watching online. Welcome you guys again. It's great to have you here. We're currently in a series talking around roadblocks to freedom. And the roadblock we're going to look at today is around holding on to pain. Roadblock, holding on to pain. We're going to pray, then we're going to go. Father, we want to thank you for this day. We want to thank you for the opportunity to gather in the name of Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing at Preston's, in the Preston's campus. We thank you for what happened at 9 o'clock and online today. Father, we thank you that we are a chosen people, that we are a holy nation, a people belonging to you, that we may declare the praises of you who called us out of darkness and brought us into your glorious light. We thank you. As we come to your word, open our ears, hearts to hear from you. For your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when we say, as I prayed that and it just came to my mind, we are a chosen people. It's like people could hear that like, as, you guys think you're, you've got a big head about yourselves. But that's our reality. We are a chosen people by God. He chose you, Trin. He chose you amazing jacko happy birthday he chose you he chose you to be his own isn't that beautiful we are a blessed people well to begin this message i want to um begin with a bit of fun and and i want to remind you of some of the stupid games you played as a child that brought you much pain i need a couple of volunteers con and will come on down you guys give them a round of applause con and will so, you need to stand there and you need to face Will. And so, guys, I'm going to just a bit of safe, safe churches first. I know you guys are competitive and you want to win. <laughs> and you want to win. Just be kind to each other. Because they did this at the 9 o'clock service and they fully went hardcore. All right? They were violent. So, we're talking about games that cause pain and how stupid they are. The first one is Knuckles. Have you guys ever played Knuckles before? Oh, yeah. No, no has Oh, well, I'll teach you. I'll te- <laughs> so, what happens first? Is your hands together. And whoever goes first, their, their job is to crack them on top. Oh, and then, as they try and crack, if you pull away, and then, you get, and then it's your turn. So, he, so you're going first? Okay. You know how to do it, don't you? No,
1: no.
0: Okay. <laughs> go for it. Oh, did he get you? Yeah, he did. Okay, go again. Oh, yeah. oh okay. <laughs> so you can only hit back once he's missed you, he which did you did. Me. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, just, just yeah. communicating. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Be nice enough. now. Now the, the second game we used to play, which was really stupid, was slaps. Uh, you, you know, do slaps? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's to the face, isn't it? Not the face. So hands together. If you pull away, it's a free hit. Oh. No pulling nice. up. So no. Yes. So you're. I'm well, gonna your, no. miss you. Right? <laughs> so it's your turn first. Oh, okay. And 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 if, if he pulls away without yeah. you slapping, you get a free hit. Is but it, do you get to do all those kind of. Oh yeah, whatever you like. like here. Oh, <laughs> <for Ian. laughs> okay. Next game. Next game. Next oh, game. No. So Will's like, stop. Too much pain. Third game. This one's called Mercy. Oh, no. Where you where you hold on to each other like that. You know how to play? Yes. Yeah. yeah so like this. You can either do it. Yeah. You like that. Uh, okay. no, and the idea is to, to to use your force and create so much pain. And when the person says mercy, you stop. So go. Go. Create mercy.
1: Go.
0: (laughs) So come on, go, 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 go. And then the person who say mercy. Okay, enough, 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 enough. Give me a round of applause. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Missed the photo. Actually, come back, Colin and Will. Come back, come back. We need a photo. Michelle wanted to take a photo because it's a good photo. Um, Two blokes holding hands at our church. It's going to be great. (laughs) Okay, great, great job, well done. Now, those games are stupid and they create pain, don't they? And we keep playing those games until the pain gets too hard and we say, stop, or oh mercy, I don't want to play anymore. Is that true? Yeah. Who played those games as a young person? All the unusual people, yeah? or oh, us, widows, yeah. And, but the, the, the reason I played those is to demonstrate this, this, this silly thing we do with pain, but sometimes... In life, we actually go through pain, and we want the pain to stop, but it just continues. In a game like that, you can say, no, I'm done, I'm stopping, stopping, but in life, sometimes we go through situations where it gets really, really hard and really, really painful, and we want the pain to stop, but it just doesn't. I remember as a child um, hearing the expression, sticks and stones will But Is that true, that statement? No, it's a horrible statement. Your bone breaks, you get a fix. But those names, those, those horrible things people say to you can really stick to you. And if they're not dealt with, they can affect you all the days of your life. You know, in life, we all go through pain. There is a false belief that when, when a person becomes a Christian, God somehow puts us in some sort of bubble and protects us from all the things of the world. And that's just not true. Because although God loves us, and he's for us, and he provides for us, and he walks with us, and we're forgiven, and all the beautiful things God does, does for us, he still allows us to live in this world. And this world is broken. In this, um, it, this world is fallen. And Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. In the words of Agent Smith from The Matrix, pain is... <laughs> It is inevitable. It is inevitable. We are going to go through it. We are going to go through pain. And there's different levels of pain. There's small amounts of pain and then a huge amount of pain. Small amount of pain. Now, if you're 18, Jackson, this may not be true. But for an adult, a small amount of pain is when you break your screen on your mobile phone. Now, when you're 18, that might be a huge thing. But when you're young, when you're old, you break your phone, you go, oh, that sucks. It creates a bit of pain. Or maybe you're driving along and someone gives you the bird with a bit of road rage. Oh, that wasn't very nice. Or they yell something out the window. Oh, that wasn't very nice. Or maybe one of your friends pick on you. Or you say something stupid and you're like, "Oh, I want to put those words back in my mouth because I wish I never said that. And it creates them pain and it creates you pain. There's some small things, but, but then in life, there's some really big stuff. There's the, the death of a loved one, which can be super painful. You could be robbed, someone could have stolen money from you, which is super painful. Um, You could have a relationship breakdown, which is again super painful. You make a really big mistake in life, and there are huge consequences. And these things create pain in us. And the thing about these situations, usually in life we can't control what happens to us, but we can control how we respond. And the thing about pain is that pain's a good thing in some ways. You know, God built us. He put in us the ability to feel pain because I know that if I touch the stove when it's on, that's going to create me pain so I don't touch the stove. So pain's a good thing. And when we experience, when we hurt people, the Holy Spirit convicts us and we feel pain. I think that's a good thing as well. And then when other people hurt us, again, it's like a defense mechanism. We, we are feel pain. I think that's good as well because it, it shows us we didn't like that and, and that's not good for us. But the thing about pain is that it's supposed to be short term. It's supposed to last for only a short amount of time. If we hold pain for a significant amount of time, you know what it can lead to? Gray hair. Gray hair. That's a good one. Mill, not in my notes, but gray hair, it does. That yeah. wrinkles, definitely wrinkles. It can lead to holding a grudge. It can lead to bitterness. It can lead to you wanting to take revenge. It can lead to you being the victim. It can lead to places where you don't want to be. But there is a healthy way of dealing with pain. And here are some thoughts. The first one, acknowledge the pain. Acknowledge, hey, that hurt. That hurt when that person did that to me. When I did that, when I made that stupid decision, that hurt. The second one, choose to forgive. Choose to forgive the person who hurt you, or maybe even choose to forgive yourself. Yesterday, I I was really tight. I haven't been stretching out very well, and I had to move something heavy. And I moved it, and I carried up some stairs, and all of a sudden, I had this shooting, shooting pain in my back. And I was pretty much on the couch all day yesterday and on tablets and Penadol and stretching for like the last 20 hours just trying to, because I knew Sunday's coming, I have to speak and praise God. And the prayers, thanks for the prayers too. Like, I'm doing all right. But in that moment, and, and I've hurt my back, it's, it's like the fifth or sixth time I've done it in the last 20 years. I was cursing myself. I was bagging myself. I was putting myself down. How stupid, Nathan. You shouldn't have done that because you, you knew you should have. And sometimes we do stupid stuff in life and sometimes we, we, we are bitter at ourselves We want to punish ourselves for the things that we've done, and sometimes we need to learn to forgive ourselves. And and the third piece to this, letting go of pain, is asking God to heal because God wants you free. He doesn't want you carrying the weight of your wrong decisions, the weight of how people have hurt you. We're in a series entitled "Roadblocks to Freedom." Where the premise is that Jesus wants us to live a life that is free. And one of the major roadblocks for us is holding on to pain. Pain is like having a chain and a big ball on the end of that chain. And you try and walk around and it, and it slows you down in life. The more anger and revenge you want to hold towards another person, the more you're slowed down. The greater bitterness, the, the greater self-hatred you have for yourself, you're not living in freedom. It's slowing you down from the life that God has for you. He wants you to live a life that is free, free from pain. He does not want you to live in it and to hold it. Believe it or not, we are three weeks from Christmas. Believe it or not, three weeks from Christmas. How far? Everyone goes, wow, how does that happen? Fourth of December today. And, and, and in the Christmas story, we read a story. Um, one of the parts of the Christmas story is a part where someone goes through an immense amount of pain. And that person is Joseph, the husband of Mary. He goes through an incredible amount of pain. When he's engaged to Mary, he finds out that Mary, who's his fiance, is pregnant, and he's not the dad. I can imagine that would have brought a lot of pain to Joseph. We're going to read Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 and 19 today, and we're going to pull this text apart. This is what it says. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. We, we read that as they're engaged. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public display, public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So, let's go back. Mary and Joseph are pledged To be married. Now, as we read that, we think they're engaged. But then in verse 19, it describes Joseph as her husband. So we might read that and go, were they married? Were they engaged? What is going on here? Well, let me tell you what was happening at the time. For us, when we think engaged, we think um, a guy and a girl, they go, oh, I like that. They get together. They go on a date. They hang out together. They build a relationship. They fall in love. They get down on one knee, will you, won't you, and then they get married, and then life goes on. And during that time, from down on one knee to getting married, we are call that the engagement period. But at the time of Jesus, it was super different, very different. And what happened was is that it was it was it was most likely an arranged marriage, where Joseph's mum and dad went looking for a bride for their son, and they find this person named Mary, family friend, um, maybe in the community. Somehow they knew her. We're not told, and then. They talk to the parents and there's some sort of agreement between the parents that Joseph and Mary are going to come together. And then what happens is very unique. Then the families come to the leaders of the city. So at the time they had elders in cities and they were the official people, the people who um, carried out the laws of the land. And Mary and Joseph would have had an official um, ceremony to get engaged, if you like before the leaders of the community. And it was, a contractual, it, was, it was a contract in that these people are now together. They, they, they weren't to have sexual union until they were married, but from now on, these two are off the market, and they're connected, and they're seen as husband and wife. It was very serious compared to our engagements today. You get engaged, you call it off, you call it on, you call whatever. It's very easy, but at the time, it wasn't. If, if you were to call off an engagement... And then again going to the, to, to the leaders of the city and getting permission for that and they want to know why. And so we have Joseph finding out that Mary is pregnant, which meant this was a massive deal. In the law of Moses, if someone had sex outside of marriage, the law of Moses said that person was to be stoned. Now, stone doesn't mean smoke marijuana. Smoke means Stoned means picking up rocks and throwing them at that person until they're dead. Now, that was what happened 1,500 years earlier, but as time went on and at the time of Jesus, they didn't stone people usually. Rather, they just went through this divorce procedure which brought a lot of shame on the person who'd done the wrong thing, who had had the relationship outside of marriage. Shame because it was public. It was known by the city that the leaders were involved and that would be brought. There was a lot of shame and guilt connected to it. And so we have Joseph... Finding out, that she's in, finding out that she's pregnant and wanting to separate from her, divorce her quietly. In other words, going to the city officials quietly, trying to protect Mary in this situation and having, it, having the relationship axed. Now, they're the facts of the story. Let's now talk about the feelings of Joseph. Mum and dad have chosen a wife for him. He's met her. He's super excited. Well, maybe. We don't know. We can assume he's super excited about marriage, and he's starting to plan a life with this woman. Maybe they get to know her, get to know each other in groups, and there's this excitement about building a life together and having kids and what does the future hold and where they're going to live and what's his life going to look like. And then he finds out that she's pregnant and the kid's not his. Imagine the pain that would have caused Joseph. Now, I can only imagine, because I've never experienced that, we've been faithful to each other, praise God, and let's keep doing that, hey, amen, yeah, it's a good thing. So I've, I've never experienced it, but, but, but maybe you have, and I can only imagine your pain, because I don't know what it's like. The worst pain I've ever experienced is when I was 17, and I was madly in love with a girl. We were, we were super, super, I was super committed to, the, to this relationship. We'd been dating a really long time, three weeks, and... And I was head over heels for her, and and during that three week period before she broke it off, she apparently kissed one of my friends. Come on! Thank you, thank you, thank you. And and I found out a few months later, and and, and that hurt. I was hurting because she broke up, but that hurt because of she cheated on me, did the wrong thing. After that relationship, I had a number of other dating relationships, and looking back, and I, and I think I just worked this out the last few years. Like a couple of, a few years ago, I worked this out. That, you know the expression, hurt people hurt people. I think I was hurting from that, from that cheating, brushed up thing from that first girlfriend, right? That I took that pain into my next dating relationships. And I treated those girls poorly. I went into the relationship with what I could get out of it. I dated for three months, got sick of them and ended it. Now that sounds really horrible, but that's what I did. And that was really bad. Jackson, that's bad. I just want to clear that up. 18, you might be thinking about that. Don't do what I did. That's bad. John, don't do that if you're still here. Um, but, but I reckon the reason I did that is because I, was, because I hadn't dealt with the pain of that dating at 17. I didn't deal with that pain. And as a result, I, I, I carried it through into my next relationships. We need to deal with our, we need to deal with our, we are need to deal with our pain. As we look at this text, we see that Joseph dealt with his pain in a a, a really good way, in a really godly way, and we can learn from Joseph in how to deal with a really really difficult situation. Look at verse 9 again. But Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, and I have put righteous man in bold, and he didn't want to expose her to public disgrace, but had in mind to divorce her quietly. And this is an important piece that he was a righteous man because this was his this was his foundation piece. This was the this was the thing that 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 set the pattern of his life. That when life happens to us, I can respond to that as a man who is righteous, who is choosing to honor God with my life, or choose to respond like the world responds. That was his that was his basis. And he could have responded like people would respond today. They could get on social media and say, my girlfriend is a beep. She cheated on me. She did this with this person. He's a beep. They could have done that. And he could have spread all these rumors about her and told everybody about this horrible thing. And man, look what she's done to me. But that's not how he responded. He responded as a man who wanted to honor God. And even though he'd been hurt, he didn't want to expose her to public disgrace he still wanted to honor her, even though in his, his perspective, she treated him so poorly. And there's a beautiful platform for us. And we have a choice. And in, in preparation, I was thinking, do I say as Christians, we have a choice either to honor God or not honor God? But the reality is, if you're a Christian, you really don't have a choice. Because if you're a Christian, Jesus is Lord of your life. And if he's Lord of your life, he's the boss of your life, he calls the shots of your life, and you say, yes, Lord, whatever you want me to do, your, your, your will, your way. So if someone hurts me, I'm going to choose to forgive them because that's what you want me to do. I'm not going to allow the things of the world to influence me. I'm not going to follow their ways. Rather, I'm going to choose your way, your will, and I'm going to choose to be righteous. And the thing is, you are going to go, you are going to go through pain in life. You're Jackson, 18-year-old man, you might have been through a little bit. As life gets on, you're going to go through more. And life is tough. Is life tough? Life is tough. Choose now how you're going to respond. If you're a righteous person, if you're a person who is in Christ, if you are someone who wants to honor God, choose now how you're going to respond. When Michelle hurts me, how am I going to respond to that? When my brother Con hurts me, how am I going to respond? I'm going to choose to forgive him and I'm going to choose to honor him. When my brother Marcelo hurts me, I'm going to choose to honor him, I'm going to choose to forgive him. Make your choice today, before that happens, before the pain happens, how are you going to respond? That's the first thing we see. He responded as a righteous man. And the second thing, and in bold, he didn't want to expose her to public disgrace. He didn't want to expose her to public disgrace. Even though he, he was hurt, he still wanted to honor her. You know, it's easy when you hurt, when someone hurts you, man, you want to get them back or you want to hold a grudge, or you want to cut them off, or you want to... but, But as we look at the story of the gospel, I mean, the Bible teaches us that we all rejected God. The scripture says that in Romans 5, that we were his enemies. We were his enemies. And God still loved us and chose to give his son for us. God is the pattern. Let's choose to honor and love the people who Treat us poorly. So the question for you today is this. How are you going to respond to pain? How are you going to respond to pain? Are you going to get bitter? Are you going to act the victim? Are you going to choose to hold a grudge, take revenge? Or are you going to acknowledge that that there is pain, choose to forgive yourself or others, and ask God to heal. Now, you might be saying, um, Nathan, you don't know the level of pain that I've been through, and you know what I don't. And in a group this size, and those online, like, you guys have been through some horrific stuff that I, don't, that I, don't, I know nothing about. Male out abuse and violence, and it's your story, and it's no doubt really horrible. But the thing about God is that when God asks you to do something, He never leaves you alone. He always helps you do the thing that he wants you to do. And if you've got pain and hurt in your past and you're struggling to deal with it, ask God to help you to deal with it. Because he doesn't say deal with it, you're on your own. He says, no, deal with it. Let me help you deal with it. And the other thing about dealing with it is that it's for our benefit. It's our benefit that we deal with pain. I shared the story when I was 17 and I went into those relationships, those next relationships with the carrying the pain and then I hurt other people because I hadn't dealt with my own stuff. And that's the reality in life. If we don't deal with our stuff, we carry that into other relationships. We continue to see ourselves as less than what we are, not as chosen, not as loved, not as worthy because God chose us, but we see ourselves as less than because of the things that we've done and we look down on ourselves and we have self-hatred because of the things that we've done. It benefits us by getting set free, by relieving the stuff behind as we come to the end of this message, you know, pain isn't all bad. As I said, it's, it's a mechanism that protects us. Don't touch the stove or that hurt. I'm not going to do that again. But the thing about pain is that God can also use it for his glory. In Romans 8, you know this scripture, I'm sure. And we know that in all things, in all things, in all things, in all things, God works for the good of those who, have, who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. He doesn't make all bad things happen. Rather, he sees the bad thing and then he uses it to transform you to be the person that he wants you to be. He can use these difficult situations for not only to transform you, but also to help others be the person who God wants them to be. God can use it. As we think about the Christmas events, you know... um, that wasn't the end of the story. And if you're new to Christianity or you're new to church, maybe you think that was the end of the story. He divorced his wife and that was it. But that's not the end of the story. There is, a, there is a really good ending. Here it is from verse 20. But after Joseph had considered this, considered divorcing Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. But he did not consummate their marriage meaning, have sexual relations, until she gave birth to a son, uh, and he gave him the name Jesus. You know, we read Joseph's story, and we see that Joseph had a happy ending. <laughs> His moment of pain was like, oh, this is all okay, we're, we're, we're okay. But in our lives, sometimes we, there is no happy ending. Hey, sometimes the pain continues Sometimes the situation continues. Sometimes the relationship isn't reconciled. The money doesn't come back. The, the, the uh, thing that you've done is played out and there's serious consequences. You know, we can't control the situations of life, but we can control how we respond. Pain comes. Temporary... Tempor, tempor, well, that's a hard word. Temporarily, thank you for that. Well, it should be temporarily. But then, where to deal with it and where to release it? And how do we let go of it? We acknowledge the pain, we choose to forgive, and ask God to heal. So, as the band comes, I want to give you some time to do that right now. No doubt you've got pain that you're carrying, you've been hurt, maybe you've done something stupid and you feel guilt and shame, you feel like you're carrying the pain of what you've done, confess that to God and he'll forgive you. And once it's forgiven, there is no reason why you need to carry that anymore. Those that have hurt you, tell God that they've hurt you. Choose to forgive them. God, I choose to forgive this person for what they've done. And then ask God to heal your heart. Forgiving someone means to release them from what they owe you. When someone hurts you, you think they owe you. Forgiving them means they don't owe you anymore. That's how you forgive. God, they don't owe me anymore. I'm releasing what they owe me. Heal my heart. So take 30 seconds now and pray. Then we'll sing. Then, then I'll invite the prayer team forward. Pray now. we honour you today and we thank you for your forgiveness we thank you that you are the God who works in us and helps us to be the people you want us to be God there's no doubt been lots of prayers said today deep deep prayers of pain Father I pray that you'll heal hearts come Holy Spirit now and heal hearts upon every life I believe God that you're going to move powerfully right now in in every life in every life where there's pain you're going to heal the heart, Father. Heal the heart. They've done what's right. They've confessed. They've forgiven. And now we ask you, Lord, that you heal hearts. I'm going to invite the prayer team forward. Please come forward, prayer team. Because I reckon there's some of us who have got some really deep-seated pain. There's some stuff that's really deep going on, and maybe it's, it's yourself. You're looking at yourself, and you've done some stuff, and it's so stupid, and you wish you never did it, and you're still carrying the pain of the path. You know, sometimes we need, you know, God works through different ways. Sometimes we pray and God deals does with it, does it. Other times he does it through the preaching of the word. Other times he brings breakthrough through worship music. And other times he brings breakthrough through the laying on of hands as people have prayed for at the end of the service. And if you're carrying pain, stuff today, stuff that you've done in your own life, or you've been hurt by another and it's, and it's pain and it's stuck and it's been there for a while, I believe today's your day. Come forward. Come forward. Allow these people to lay hands on you and be released. Be released. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support, and prayer and take your next step so why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button